at least it's no longer prison boob Saturdays. We've moved on from that to just action boob Saturdays. Here we go. You're welcome, Trailer Park Podcast. Nathan, worried or excited? I'm excited. Daniel, it's a horror movie. Worried or excited? God damn it, I will kill myself. Worried. Are you worried or excited? An invitation for rigid and spastic penetration. You seem satisfied. Affirmative. The trailer made me emotional. Real lumpy flesh dragger. Raising awareness about masturbation addiction. Don't get it on my territory. I can't stand seeing someone do it worse. Oh my god, here it comes. Here it comes. It's so wet. Oh my god, it's coming. And a one, and a two, and a trailer park podcast. One, two, three. That's right. Welcome. Welcome. Daniel, Amanda, intern. Welcome. Uh, Nathan, is this podcast 123 or is this like podcast 123? Like we're going to teach you the basics about podcasting today. It's both. <laughs> That's right. On top of your normal movie trailer and movie discussion uh, tonight, we will also be breaking down just the fundamentals, you know, the basics. That's about right. Podcasting. That's right, Get Daniel. A computer that works. Right. So we're going to talk about uh, the Jackson 5 then, right? Jackson. ABC 123. There you go. Yeah. That one little piece of the bridge. <laughs> Look, it's been a struggle, you know? The big pandemic hit. All the movies were not being released anymore. What are we going to do? What We can't do any podcasts about movies that are coming out. If they took all the movies away, we say, fuck you, Corona. We talk about Bloodshot and uh, Trolls World Tour. We're going to make new rules. And no, we're not <laughs> going to talk about Bloodshot or Trolls. We are going to talk about the Babysitter's Club movie coming to Netflix. Okay. We can talk about a lot of things because we have been off for a while. We need to just dig in. We need to get things going. So why don't I start with my usual information session regarding the number one, two, three. Uh, regale us, Nathan. Sure thing. One, two, three. Not sure if you guys are aware. It's a uh, it's a Lucas number. It's the 11th member of the Mian Chowla sequence. As mm, well. Along my with, favorite sequence. Yeah. Well, it. I think it's a lot of people's favorites. Along with six, one, two, three is one of the only two positive integers that is simultaneously two more than a perfect square and two less than a perfect cube. Thank you. <clears throat> That's right. Uh, it's also the atomic number of uh, unobtainium. Ah, shut yes. up. I think you say the same thing every time. Are you are you fucking with us? <laughs> we <laughs> ran out of atomic numbers. It's not it's it's not a, unobtainium. It's some other word that I a yet to be discovered element. I don't feel like pronouncing it. I think unobtainium is funnier. <laughs> yeah, it's like a unknownium. Okay, fine. I'll pronounce it if you really want. It's unbetrium. Un yeah, fuck it. No, it sounds difficult. Yeah. Uh Muronite? No. All of these uh, yet-to-be-discovered elements start with U. I think that's why they're called unobtainium, unobtainium in Avatar. I've decided. I have, I have Muronite. I don't care what you have. <laughs> I'm reading what Wikipedia tells me. We don't have time to deliberate over what you have I, and what I, I, I have. Um, I have Umbilionite. <laughs> okay, good. Unumbilionite. Oh, there's no L there. Okay, that's the last time we do the uh, element Unbilionium. Unbanonium. No, I want unknownium. <laughs> Unbanonium. Okay. Point Point taken. I understand. Uh, one, two, three is also a number of isolation and social distancing and disease. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, one, two, three does have a healing energy. It is attracted to harmony. Harmony is attracted to one, two, three. And what it focuses on 
becomes harmonious. It is, because whether you multiply the numbers in 123 or add them, it's six. Holy shit. What? Oh. That was huge. That was big. Thank you, Daniel. Just wanted to bring that in there. Top of my head. I appreciate that. That was great. Off the top of your head. Fact fact websites. No thanks. (laughs) I got my own facts. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So, okay. One, two, three. Also, the standard male penis. One, two, three. What? Yeah, because it goes in the mouth, the just, vagina, just, or the bum, or the bum. <laughs> just, just, just plug your ears, intern. It doesn't matter if you're if you come in under it. It's fine. It doesn't matter. That's uh, well, take yeah. from it what you will. It's also apparently less than six. Yeah. <laughs> it's also. <laughs> it's also oh, what? Fine. No, good. Fine. Good. It's also the only number that Nathan says one, two, three. Is that how every episode before this was as well? Was last episode one two two? Moving forward, it will be one two four, one two five, one two six. <laughs> Thank yep. you very much. From here on out, that's right. You what are we gonna do for the, the trailer countdown? Hmm. We're gonna call them by their actual names: Headliner, Teeter, Totter, Fulcrum, Five Hole, Five Hole. Although we are doing Tenet tonight, so <laughs> the whole concept of time is gonna be challenged. So I don't I don't know when the movies are going to be. I mean, are we going to do Teeter first? Are we going to do Totter first? Are we going to do Headliner last? Who knows? Who knows? And since we've been off for a while, uh, it probably takes the opportunity to sort of let everyone know what we're doing here. Hmm. Hmm? We get together. We talk some movies. Nathan, our gracious uh, co-host, takes us through some segments, some questionnaires, yep. uh, some interesting news. And then the second half of the show, we will watch five trailers seriously explain the show gauge wow. gauge whether or not we are worried or excited about mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. worried yeah, the, and determine the, that for you the new then, segment the new then. segment tonight is 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 called random or rando it's gonna be good uh, we have a whole other segment we have to do oh it's called the burden list that has been sorely neglected mm. does it come back nobody's no. bringing that back i think it's, the burden list could spin off into its own um podcast by itself if people wanted to be committed and watch movies and talk about them there is one really long list of movies here uh, oh no i need to chop ah. it down because if we do spin off for the burdenless podcast right it's gonna be, all of us bring one movie to the table yeah. and then we all watch that movie oh yeah every week yeah. and then of course after 52 straight weeks we determine after spending a year with our favorite films, if we still love them or wish that they would burn in the fire. Right. And every single <laughs> one of them has to be a Nicolas Cage film. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Endless backlogs. We can just do that. Yeah, that last movie. that last one we watched, The Ghosts of Whatever, where the his ex wife <gasps> was inside the daughter. That was great. That was, that was so good. Absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Basically what intern was bringing attention to here, Daniel, is that when we did end the burden list or stop doing it, I was more of a gentleman than you because I had, you know, paid more studious attention and, and put more effort towards uh, eliminating my burden and you had a greater burden at the end just that's yeah, i think that's me, what he's getting at to me it wasn't a game you know it wasn't like having like a plate full of vegetables you don't like and trying to speed through them to get to the food that you do like <laughs> to me i like just i was sitting there i know that you wanted me to watch them and then when the right time came i'd give them the, my best attention right greater burden at the edge less of it. okay i think we start off here by just kind of talking about what we have seen no, I want to hear rapid fire first. <laughs> I don't <laughs> rapid fire. <laughs> we're not we're not doing rapid fire tonight. But I just want to hear it. You just want to hear the clip of rapid fire. Okay, special request amend. Rapid, rapid fire. fire. 
feels like uh, I, I could give you one news tidbit after rapid fire, just just for fun, just for shits and giggles. Uh, Sylvester Stallone says that Demolition Man two happening. Sorry, what? Is uh, Wesley Snipes coming back? No idea. I hope so. But he has a habit of saying this shit. He says this is happening, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah," and then it does. And then it totally does. And then yeah. like somebody wins an Oscar. <laughs> It's fucked up. No, but he, he he should. He should. They should blend. Like Demolition Two should also be Expendables Four. Do you know what I mean? Oh, please. It should be it. a bunch of like yoked out, aged out action stars just getting melted down in the future and having to save a bunch of uh, pussies from their weird society that they made. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Hundred percent. And also, uh, I want them to do other th- the same kind of shit they did with the first one, like outlandish, crazy predictions that. I've kind of come true. I know that the the Taco Bell and or Pizza Hut, you know, won the Restaurant Wars bit didn't really come true, but it did in a sense because all these massive companies are are like being consumed and conglomerating into specific ones. Yeah. Well, we're very close to like being charged by like meters that hang on the door for cursing or saying wrong ideas. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. John Spartan, you have been fined one credit for violating the virtual statute. Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> and then the one thing that didn't come true though that i wish did was the styrofoam crash protectant in the car you know what i'm talking about mm, yep yeah i do yep yeah yeah it was like um that spray foam that you use to fill mouse holes in your house where it, like, and then it solidifies yeah i feel like a really high powered toxic foam that just shoots out of your car in the moment of accident while you're screaming with an open mouth is like really sick also i think maybe that the homeless people being pushed down into the into the sewers like Morlocks. That that could be that that, that, yeah, that yeah. I just wish that was true. That should get them out of here. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to kill them, but I don't want to look at them. Push all that corona downstairs. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> Woo! <laughs> okay. Get a home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Quit. Uh, <clears throat> quit staying in the hotel under court order. Okay. <laughs> so, let's move right along here, please. Someone. I, I haven't really I, I haven't really watched anything of like too much note. I have a list of shit, but I don't really feel like talking about it. <laughs> no, I hear you. I would look through my list too because I was like, man, I watched so much. I got to see what it was. We can talk about all of it. And like the vast majority is just like a bunch of garbage that we <laughs> meeting to watch and finally did. And we're like, hmm. yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I would like to talk about two films. Okay, intern. Here, why don't we all stop and do what you wanted? I went to my burden list. Oh, shit. And I got a little Sasquatch on. Oh my God! That's why he's bringing this up. Gentlemen, I watched uh, Missing Link. Holy shit! Which is by the same company that did Coraline and Kubo and the Two Strings, and it was uh, it was good. It wasn't the best, but it's Mm. better than a bunch of Disney stuff that's come out recently. Uh, So there's that. Well, before we before you go any further, the audience should know that anything that came out in the past or is coming out in the future that involved the Sasquatch was automatically put on your burden. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. Just, just so that everybody understands off. the context that like, yeah, you're a resident expert. Yeah. Your burden but, list just automatically grew whenever a Sasquatch was my, the films on this list are Willow Creek, <laughs> the son of Bigfoot, yeah. Smallfoot, Ooh. abominable, yep. which was the last one to come out. Uh, Missing Link and the other film I watched, uh, which is also a TPP lineup, is The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot. I've seen that. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that. 
Oh, is that crazy shit? The cinematography in that film is really good. Uh, I enjoyed it. I, it wasn't anything special, but it was it was very enjoyable. Was it unique With or was me, it as weird as and, the title implies? Me and some whiskey and popcorn had a great time watching. Uh, what's that guy's name? I Sam, forget his name. Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. I don't think that movie yeah. works without him. No, for sure it doesn't. Well, he's the only man that could do both. <laughs> right? <laughs> he is. He is the only man who can do both. Uh, it's fucking, isn't that the truth? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he didn't enjoy doing either one. It's a tall task. It's a tall task to do both. Right. To do one. Right. To do one is a big deal. He didn't enjoy either one, so he's just like <laughs> gets two of the greatest legends of all time that he gets to assassinate, and he's just like rolling his eyes, like holding the gun, like sideways, like ugh. <laughs> yeah, reluctant hero, you know, it's yeah. doing his duty. Oh, his uh, battle with Sasquatch or Bigfoot is uh, is uh, something else. So we, yeah, we, I would we, want it to be like Greco style wrestling. Depending on, on how you watch movies, weak point, weakest point of the movie, or possibly the best part. Oh, I thought it was the best part. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Well, Great. that's what I mean. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Depending yeah. on who you are. Uh, yeah. So that's it. That's all I want to talk about because anything else involves a company that uh, everyone hates me saying the name of. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I will say that I did... I watched uh, Downhill, starring Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus, better than I expected. Hmm. Okay. We, all, we all had a good time ragging on that. Yeah. It's always the case when you go in with no expectations, though. I think that helped. Yeah. yeah. really, really lowered my expectations going in. Uh, I checked out Come to Daddy. It was great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very good. I really enjoyed that. I, I disagree with you guys on Midsommar and Six Underground. I watched both of those. Uh, Mid. Midsummer, I, I really liked, and uh, Six Underground made me a little nauseous. The camera work, yeah, no, no can't complain there. Yeah. Can't, can't argue that. <laughs> and I watched, uh, I watched the three Bs: uh, basketball, booze, and Ben Affleck in the way back. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is fucked up. Uh, it is not what you think it is. Can I just spoil some of it? Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the whole basketball, like the, the the trailer says, this is like a you know redemption from alcoholism basketball championship movie. Uh, he gets kicked off the team as the coach, and they continue without him. <laughs> there's there's a whole third act of this movie that is not in the trailer. <laughs> it is about his you know bullshit uh, drama and alcoholism more so than the basketball. They leave the basketball behind. And uh, yeah, the minute they leave the basketball behind, I'm just like, what is going on? When is when is this going to end? I don't care about his his personal strife. I was really tied to the basketball component. Yeah, yeah, and it also starts out with him like uh, pulling a really cool move. He buys a sickening amount of beer, puts it in the fridge, drinks one all the way. But when he drinks one, every time he drinks one, he takes one and he puts it in the freezer. And then he grabs the one in the freezer, and then he puts the other one up in the... And then he grabs the one in the freezer, and he puts another one... And he just keeps doing that, like, I swear to God, 30 times. You start to feel really concerned. Is that how much, like, a hardcore alcoholic actually drinks on a nightly basis? This yeah. guy is, like, yeah. swimming in liquor. Yeah. Like a case of beer. Like a case of beer every night, yeah, at yeah. least. <clears throat> yeah. But anyway, I mean, the alcoholism part of it, yeah, whatever. It, there, was just, there was just weaknesses to the script, and it just it kind of fell apart for me. I was really hope I was really pulling for him. I wanted it to be a slam dunk, but it was not. And um, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts during the isolation. I was listening to a lot of rewatchables because I think uh, the rewatchables podcast is really 
educating me on where we might be able to go with Preach. I watched Color Out of Space. We're going to do Color Out of Space next for the Preach series on Trailer Park. And yeah, I think uh, we, have, we have some work to do. We did Few Good Men. We did American Beauty. we got some work to do to make it make it a little bit more laid back, a little bit more fun. And uh, yeah, they, they really get into... Uh, sorry. They really get into uh, <laughs> to certain movies. They did The Heat uh, oh, yeah. with Al Pacino and uh, Robert De Niro. And then it was the first movie they ever did. So 100 episodes later, they did a reheat. (laughs) 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 And one of their awards that they have is uh, the Vincent Hanna, that's Al Pacino's character, the Vincent Hanna Award for overacting. (laughs) That they they give out. (laughs) The the Great Ass Award. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, it's good. Yeah. I will back away. Well, I'll just, uh, I'll keep it, I think I'll keep it condensed just like you guys did. I just have two or three things here that I wanted to, to talk about from that stick out in my memory from all the vast amounts of crowd. I literally would just sit around the past few weeks and just put stuff on Netflix, like random shows, and just be like, just play. Someone, what, what do you got? But things that stand out. <clears throat> Netflix uh, f- film called The Platform. I don't know if you guys have heard about it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, a, I saw that on Netflix. It's about... Um a whole bunch of different levels and there's holes in levels. They can see each other, talk to each other. They can't reach each other. Yeah. There's essentially this like prison that, that people are put into either for various reasons, like they're on, you know, they can't be rehabilitated or some people do it voluntarily as, as well as sort of like a weird, you know, rite of passage or something like that. But it's this massive prison that has hundreds of concrete floors that are separated by a certain amount of distance, just enough to where it's impossible for you to, climb up to the next floor and there's a huge rectangular hole that goes down through the center of all of the floors so you could technically look over the edge if you were up really really high and see down hundreds of floors and fall to your doom if you weren't careful and every day a platform comes down and stops at your level that you're on with a bunch of food but at the very very top it starts off with just a massive pile of perfect beautiful like luxurious gourmet food and it has to make it all the way down to the bottom and feed everybody. But in most cases, everyone in the first 20 or 30 floors just completely decimates it until it's nothing. And then people end up having to like kill each other and find other ways to feed themselves or starve themselves. And it's like a just crazy uh, journey as you follow a, a guy that gets put in there voluntarily and like his experience because every month you get like they put a bunch of gas, like knockout gas and make all the prisoners knocked out. And then they shuffle you onto a different and you wake up on a different floor and you have to survive there for a month. And so you want to be on the first few floors to get the best access to food. And so when you wake up on a lower level one, it's like a crazy like new thing that you have to do to try and survive a new like psychological level that you have to kind of experience from. And it's really fascinating. And it's the kind of movie where you're like, well, how are you going to end this? Because who fucking knows how to end this? And it's and, it, and it's decent. They do a decent job wrapping it up as well. I give yeah. it a, it's recommended. It's interesting, if, if nothing else. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah, it sounds interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of concerns there immediately, though, bringing it up in my mind how well they would execute it. But hey, fair enough. The platform. Yeah, they, they, they go simple. Like everything is concrete. So it's like it looks futuristic and high budget, even though it probably didn't cost much. That's pretty it's well the, done. The voluntary voluntary decision to to go in seems very bizarre to me why you would volunteer or why you would go in of your own volition i think there's some sort of promise they get some sort of like oh you do you do this and then your career with this company is oh okay some sort of uh uh tantalizing reward yeah 
Gotcha. Did I have I talked about Castlevania on here before? Uh, not on here. You have. Uh, I brought up just a brought it up in between us before. Yeah, yeah. Castlevania. This was another one. It's been on Netflix for a long time. They just finished season three. I've overlooked it a, a, hundreds of times because I love the games, but didn't really care too much to see what the show was because I figured it would be a super like <clears throat> I don't know surface level or just a bunch of references to the games, which are kind of convoluted timelines and all over the place. Finally sat down and watched it. Holy shit. Like, it's it's really good. Not only is it just, like, written super well, but it captures the whole vibe and feeling and all the nostalgia of Castlevania really, really well as, uh, also. And then it's animated really well. And all the fighting choreography is done well. And it's, like, a really good blend of anime with Western animation and, and dialogue. And it, I don't know. It just, like, kicks ass. I'm not even, like, super into vampires, but they make Dracula's story, like, very tragic and and beautiful and you root for him to kill all humans and then you have to and then you get these heroes and their their group dynamics is hilarious and really well done like all of it should fail all of it and it's all done so well <clears throat> i was very very impressed and even amanda who watched kind of rolled her eyes through the first couple of seasons once season three came on she watched the whole thing yeah and and, and loved it as well There's, it's very funny i didn't roll my eyes you just I weren't just, paying attention i wasn't I paying attention because somebody has to take care of our daughter but <laughs> <laughs> No, it is really, really, really good. It's top notch. It's it's funny. It's it, that's the part that stands out to me. It's so that's so difficult to write into a cartoon. So it's, it's very funny. Hmm. I think really after that, I think it's just uh, was that what we do in the shadows? Oh yeah, yeah, we've been doing that. We finished devs today, or you did? Yeah, I'm almost done with devs. I have it all recorded. I haven't watched anything past episode three. It's uh, devs is devs Slog. is interesting because the concept is like enough to capture your attention because it's kind of complicated and cool and has all this weird philosophical implications. But then the dramatic action part of the story, I don't like the way it's written. I don't like the characters that are portrayed in it. I don't like the actors playing those characters. And I'm just waiting for more of the conceptual <laughs> God observation. You're talk. still waiting. No, no. It, that it, was it, my fear. That was my it fear. Gets heavily into, it gets heavily into three episodes. In, I, sorry. Three episodes in, I had, all the concerns about the characters, about all that. And I'm like, do I commit more time to this, waiting for that to deliver, and then it doesn't deliver? Is my main concern. Oh, it, it comes, it, it delivers in that it, you know, it comes to a conclusion in a way where you're like, oh, I guess this is a one season show. But then oh. there's, you know, I don't want to ruin anything for anybody. But okay. <clears throat> fair enough. It, it gets into it. At the same time, there's a lot of that fucking actress that is an awful actress that plays the main like lily character which is just like oh man all that part of it is a drag yeah it was yeah that part's really rough <laughs> i'm afraid to continue but you know you're you're making me feel like continuing a little bit so yeah, what we do in the shadows man so fucking funny i was like arms crossed about it for so long so i liked the movie and i was like i don't need the show thanks good enough no the show is so fun hmm. And they have a they have added a character mm-hmm. to the mix, which is a, one of my favorite. I think my new favorite TV character. His name's Colin Robinson. He's just like an office nerd in, in a sweater vest, and he's an energy vampire. <laughs> so he just like is exactly all the things you hate about someone at the office, but he does it on purpose because he's actually draining your energy. So he's like clearing <laughs> throat and people and like asking them stupid questions and making them talk when they don't want to. And like, oh god, it's so good. I'll check that out. Oh, and if anybody's uh, interested or wondering about Tiger King, um, it is a 
some piece of shit people being pieces of shit to other people. There's no real twist. Forget it. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? In the end, you're like, oh, a bunch of like poor rednecks that can't get jobs elsewhere got fucked and a bunch of animals got fucked and <laughs> both of these people are awful. Yeah. yeah, I was like waiting for this twist. And I'm like, there's no twist. Why, are pe- why is it so popular? <laughs> People just being fuckheads to each other. He's interesting. He's, he's he's eccentric and weird and interesting, but only for you know forty minutes or so. Uh, not not eight hours. No. Yeah. Oh, no, no. In the end, he's a selfish monster, and the the PETA woman is also a selfish monster. Yeah, they're, yeah, all, they're, they're all ridiculous. They're all ridiculous. Yeah. All of them. Everybody. And that leads us to our new segment. Uh, no. I'm no? I'm sorry. When was the last time that the intern dictated? What happened on this podcast? Well, yeah, I, Amanda. Intern is uh, stepping in and uh, making sure that I get a chance to speak. That's exactly oh. what's happening. Oh, oh! Okay. I thought I thought that Daniel was speaking for. That's why I speak for you. That's why both I of you. Jesus Christ! She's got to raise your kid, and you get to speak for her. Wow. I don't think so. Holy she's busy shit! Raising the kid, I don't know. Now I'm her. Uh... I wow! I look I look like an asshole, and the intern was the facilitator. This is really I, I, ugh, I can't even yeah, edit it here. Edit it right here. Ah. Whoa! Whiplash. <laughs> ah. I'm not used to someone from the back seat reaching out to drive the car like that. <sighs> <sighs> okay. Ugh. All right. I'm sorry. Amanda, I apologize. Please. Well, now I have all this pressure, and I don't really know that I've watched anything that anybody cares about. I did watch The Peanut Butter Falcon, which I know y'all enjoyed. Uh, Daniel didn't watch it with me, though. Uh, I was busy taking care of our baby. She was asleep. <laughs> she was asleep. Um, and what else have I stumbled across by myself? I mean, I've seen more boobs. Oh, yeah. We did oh, not yeah. mention that. Oh, oh yeah. You, you guys want to talk about your Saturday mornings? Is that what you want to do? Yeah, Saturday boob boob Saturdays. Yeah, at least it's no longer prison boob Saturdays. We've moved on from that <laughs> to just action boob Saturdays, What's... specifically the Sedaris Brothers. Oh, there you go, dude. We've been making our way through the twelve movie collection from the Sedaris Brothers. Yeah, Hi, hot Brothers. hot ticket to Hawaii or something. Like that. Hard ticket to Hawaii, Hawaii. Malibu Express. Dude, these movies are fucking phenomenal, and they are also <laughs> all the same. And you can tell every coked out moment of the writers you can see it visibly from what's on screen you can just and, see their thought process andy sedaris is that the father or the, or the son i don't know there's like a whole family operation there's you know brothers and wives all involved <clears throat> it's a big incestuous thing where they just keep reusing their same hawaiian and texan assets over and over with the same shitty actors and the same shitty roles the same costumes like when we say they're the same movie like they're the same movie like and the one we watched this morning had it was very sad. Had Mr. Miyagi in it. Yeah, it did. As well as Eric Estrada <laughs> and even a very, very young Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo wasn't in not, the one not, today. No, he was in a different one, though. But yeah. So you get to see all these washed out actors show up in this shit. And it's just a bunch of boobs and coked out, yoked out dudes. Literally just so everyone gets an idea of what these movies he, are like. He was in a different one like like Liam Hemsworth was in Extraction instead of Chris right. Hemsworth. Like that? Yeah. Yeah, you should bring that inside joke in right now. <laughs> There's like a, <clears throat> it's just, it's just, all, it's just, so you get an idea of what, of what it's like. Hard Ticket to Hawaii is the best one. That's the one you should start with. There is a scene where the two good guys are driving their Jeep and then a bad guy on a skateboard using a blow up sex doll to hide the gun that he has in his hand is zooming down the hill towards them. And right as he goes to shoot them, they hit him with the car so that he flies up in the air. The dude hops in the back seat real quick, pulls a rocket launcher out of a case, and shoots his body in the air with a rocket launcher and explodes gore everywhere. That's the kind of level of like coked brother 
Hawaiian hotel, let's fucking make a movie kind of shit that we're talking about. Do you think the Fast and Furious writers watch some of that just to get some inspiration? They probably watched it and said, what if we put $100 million behind this? <laughs> and, and no boobs. boobs. And no boobs. Right. We'll replace boobs and sexualization with... Uh, with like cars like people want to be fucked by these cars this is the worst trade-off i feel like i might be really into these movies hard ticket to hawaii is it truly is the best one it seems so long ago but if they're all the same i should enjoy them the same hard ticket to hawaii has a snake yeah (laughs) a giant snake that's like been loosed uh none of of the other ones have an element like the snake no the snake is an added why it's special yeah (laughs) yeah they all have like custom weapons. Like one of them, there's a, f- a frisbee with razor blades stuck all in it that they used to decapitate someone. <laughs> <laughs> this is a throwback to the burden list, also, because Hard Ticket to Hawaii was on the burden list. Yep. <laughs> uh, maybe, but now maybe. we've got the 12 movie collection, so we're just making our way through. Yeah, sounds wonderful. What a way to spend family mornings. I'm sure you'll regale Daphne with this in her life. Yeah, she doesn't know shit, so just <laughs> watching this behind her back. She's giggling and rolling around. We're just like, yeah. <laughs> what else you got um give me all you got give me all you got no that's about it that's vince and hannah right there that's about it everything else i've watched no one has any interest in uh survivor <laughs> season 40 <laughs> oh yeah well and i've nathan it's bad i've rewatched i, re- I just rewatched Kageon. <laughs> <laughs> it's addictive survivor's addictive people if you open your heart to survivor it will take it and just rest with you for a while it's very nice uh does daniel watch any survivor with you? no he does not i feel like i cheated because i watched the first season of survivor because it was like a spectacle when it first came out and then i watched some of season 40 so like i really bookended it yeah for sure you did <laughs> yeah i was looking at the numbers apparently the um the season finale of the first season of survivor was like 120 million people or something Jeez, it's like a good show nowadays is like 12 million pull yeah, because he didn't have much then. Yeah, but 120 million draw is massive. But anyway, but, but the but the simultaneously running Big Brother finale probably dwarfs anything right now. Maybe the first Big Brother was weak. It was too much. They did like so many episodes all the time, and it was like just watching people walk around is bullshit. It's they didn't know, man. Cams. They didn't know. They didn't know that real reality TV actually fucking sucks, and we have to doctor as much as possible. Oh, yeah. No, they've learned how to edit it over the years, and it's it's much better now. Big Brother is much better than it used to. But anyway, we're getting off topic. Right. We're going to introduce the, Rapid new, fire. the new segment. The new segment called Rando. Rando! Quality fecal substance. Rando! Friends Oh, wow. Being stabbed to death by a piece of shit. A shit knife? <laughs> Rando! Rando! <laughs> that was definitely that. Yeah. Was that the whole segment? No. Oh, no, there's, there's, there's more. That's the long version. There's a short version that I have in case we want to play some, some more Rando while we're being random. I uh, I nominate Andy Samberg as the next comedian to surprise us with a dramatic turn. Oh, possible. Yeah, I'm for it. But uh, his face is just funny. How's he going to be serious? Yeah. Yeah, explain yourself. <laughs> explain myself. 
I just feel like he's got the chops to do it. He's uh, he carries that Brooklyn Nine Nine show, and every every scene he's in, just his facial expressions. I disagree. I mean, he's great. Uh, don't get me wrong, but Captain Hulk carries that show. <laughs> well, there's there's more than more than just him. More than just him. Beyond. <laughs> but he can he can turn. But Andy Samberg can turn stupid scenes, like even ones that Holt isn't in. He can turn scenes that should be weak into scenes that end strong, just based off of his his uh, presence and uh, and facial expressions. And he's also Hot Rod, and I will hear no. And, and Hot Rod is kind of a movie that like looks like they made it as they went. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it speaks to your or to the to his credit that they can just do that and still make it funny. Yeah, stupid, ridiculous things. But I mean, there's other people in that too. He he seems to connect with the right people. So Amanda's point is well taken that he isn't doing it alone. But also, no, I would say does. Hot Hot Rod is probably the only comedy made post two thousand that was meant to be a comedy that I enjoy as a comedy. The safe and so, word. because you hate all comedies, you're definitely the person that we should go to for commentary on comedies. Right? Thank you, Hot man. Rod Thank is you. awesome. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, man. The safe word for the rest of the episode will be whiskey. Okay. What? What am I saying? What way? Uh, cool beans. All right. Uh, Tom Cruise uh, wants to shoot a movie in space with Elon oh, he's Musk. going to shoot a movie in space. That's rando for you right there. Yeah, he's going to. And when Tom Cruise says he's going to fucking do something crazy, he usually does it. It's it sounds like a trick. It sounds like he's <laughs> like, "All right, you guys ready for the shot?" And then he just like blasts himself off into deep space like, "Later." <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. NASA's into it. They're like, "Oh yeah. International Space Station, sure. Yeah, for sure, no problem." Like we're going to launch him up, but Tom Cruise is going to be hanging on to the back of the rock. <laughs> that is going to be a very limited limited shots. There's that space station is very tiny. Oh, he'll he'll learn how to become an astronaut in like six months with his Scientology level. He's, <laughs> right. He's like Uber Supermaster. He's he's got no uh, chlamydians or whatever is inside of him. <laughs> he's got no chlamydias. Whatever it is. Metachlorians. Metachlorians. Right. <laughs> no, that's Star Wars. Hey, fuck you. Oh, they're, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna book it. Tom Cruise is gonna be the first man on Mars. I can feel it. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's true. It'll blow us all away. He'll be the only one truly living his life in the entire country. We're going to do a remake of The Martian, but for real? He, he can finally reveal to everyone that he's eternal mm. once he's there. <clears throat> hmm. Short version. Randall! Okay. <laughs> uh, I get stabbed to death with a piece I, of shit. <laughs> I would just like to say that... Uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, Back to the Future. I just love. I just want to regale in Bob Gale. I just want to. I just want to admire him and Zemeckis and how they just fucking wrote into the contract that nobody can do shit with Back to the Future without their say so. That it's so ironclad. Like it is. A lot of people have favorite movies, but my favorite movie is protected by these guys, and it's protected so much. Recently, uh, Netflix launched Back to the Future. Right? They started streaming it. And Back to the Future 2 had a version that changed something and edited something. The Ooh La La book, the sports almanac, gets an Ooh La La cover put on it. And some foreign country, France or something, I don't know, some other country, they made an edited version of the movie where they removed the cover of the book Ooh La La. Okay, very little thing, small thing. But Bob Gale didn't know that that existed. And he stepped in and said, some some fan told him about it. He stepped in and said, uh, that's not... 
the correct version of the movie, uh, told Universal to take it down now. They took it down. They gave him the correct edit of the movie, and he told them to throw the other version away. <laughs> Boom! Fucking A. It's like some small edit. Don't fuck with the movie. We told you you couldn't. Throw it away. Oh, beautiful. Do they have that much control over the property, though? Uh, no. I don't know. We but... can get a campaign going for Netflix right now for like an animated Back to the Future prequel series. No, they don't need to touch it. Never touch it. Never remake it. Hopefully, Maybe like a, like a Scooby crossover. Hopefully the estate of Bob Gale and Zemeckis will hold up and will not allow them to remake it. Hopefully their children will have honor. We'll see. That was nice. I like this new Bob Regale segment. What? The segment is random. Would you like to add something to the rando segment, Dale? Did you come prepared with any content that you would like to uh, regale us with? With random content? <laughs> as, the, as a co-host of the show, did you come with anything for the show? I've been here the entire time. I'm okay, let's, let's talk Jerry Bruckheimer, Green Lighting, National Treasure 3, and a Disney Plus National Treasure TV series. Both starring Nicolas Cage. I think Nicolas Cage may be involved in helping to launch the series, but he will not be a regular on the show. He will be obviously a part of the third installment of the movie series, which may bring Nicholas back into the limelight. Probably not though. He's done too much garbage. <laughs> he he is the limelight. I could say it that way. I just came across like three memes an hour ago of his face on pillows or someone's room with like his face on everything. Like he's still a thing. It's <clears throat> true. It's all true. It's all true. Why don't we do a quick uh, throwback here? What do you guys think? Do some, uh, do some true facts. I love true facts. I love facts. I love, I love true facts. You guys love facts. Fact me. I love facts. I only want true facts. I love fuckers. I love facts. You two fuck faces need to give me some fucking facts now. In turn, give me some facts. Fact blast me. Fuck me. I'm gonna fact you all over your face. Blast with facts. Oh, <laughs> that's good. So, do you guys know which Fast and Furious film was the most fast and the most furious? Uh, two. I don't know. Six was pure, pretty furious. But was it? But two was too fast and someone, too furious. Someone did this. Pretty fast. Some some Fast and Furious fan evaluated it under twenty three different categories. <laughs> oh. Yes. Gonna do it. Do it right. Uh, racing time. NOS usage. NOS usage. Is there a barbecue? Oh, which, heart. which finale has the fastest ending? Uh-huh. Best best fight. Uh-huh. Engine revving time. I'm waiting for the one I want to hear. Keep going. <laughs> time spent talking about cars. That was uh, close. Time spent directing torpedoes. Time but spent. Time spent... <laughs> family time spent where cars are worked on i'm going with fast five gear shifts tachometer and speedometer shots explosions time a gun is wielded hand-to-hand combat time time spent riding outside of vehicles time spent at social gatherings male biceps time (laughs) gratuitous party shots yeah time of like amount of time uh of car ballet Mm -hmm. hugs Mentions of family and team. Yes. Oh. That's the one I was waiting for. Roll-ups with team, corona consumption, property destruction. Does a main character die? Those are the 23. Yeah. And does a previous villain become a hero? 
their assessment is that Fast and Furious 6 is the most fast and furious of the franchise. Man, I fucking nailed it. Did you say six? I heard Amanda say five. I said five. He did say six. Yeah. I knew it was the most furious. I was just concerned about how fast it was. But obviously, <laughs> this down. Um, Although I do think I do prefer watching five. But six, I think, has a bit more action because they saw five and they were like, we got to do more. <laughs> I think with that, um, what I would like to do now... Is talk to you about George Lazenby, the Bond we deserved. Yeah, we only got one of him. But did you know that he was offered a seven-movie contract and turned it down? Did you know that he's an idiot? That he would have been the Roger Moore to Sean Connery's Bond instead of the Roger Moore that we got instead of George Lazenby. On Her Majesty's Secret Service is one of the better Bond movies, and he is a great Bond, and he should have been Bond, and I bring him up because we are now at the end of Daniel Craig's turn as Bond, and Bond is our headliner tonight. Would you all like to join me in the trailer viewing room, please? Okay. me in. Yeah, yeah, all right, I'm pulled in. <laughs> Do what I do. I need some idea of the threat we face. You know what a courtesy tap is, young man? Sounds like this. It's light. It's friendly. I'm sure that's what your mom meant to do. No, it's not. Mom! You wanna play games, motherfucker? Got some uh no time to die in the headliner tonight. No time to die. Here we go. Why would I betray you? We all have our secrets. We just didn't get to yours yet. The world is arming faster than we can respond. Where's 007? I need a favor, brother. You're the only one I trust for this. World's moved on, Commander Bond. You were double O. Two years. So stay in your lane. You get in my way. I will put a bullet in your knee. The one that works. I thought you two would get along. Name? Bond. James Bond. So you're not dead. Hello, Q. I've missed you. It's the most valuable asset this country has. If you feel yourself losing control, I'm not going to lose control. James, you gave up everything for her. When her secret finds its way out, 
it'll be the death of him. What is it? You don't know what this is. James Bond. Licensed to kill. History of violence. I could be speaking to my own reflection. Only your skills die with your body. Mine will survive long after I'm gone. History isn't kind to men who play God. lead things off worried or excited so yeah final final bond movie for um daniel craig the reason why this is the headliner is because it was slated to come out in april and yeah now it's been pushed to november but who gives a fuck we're under new rules we're under corona rules and some of these movies will have greater relevance to when they're coming out and some of them won't because we're just throwing throwing the the normal rules out the window uh james bond has left active service uh, he's being asked to do a favor from the CIA fellow, played by Jeffrey Wright, and it leads him on a mysterious trail uh, towards a villain. Armed with a dangerous new technology, we have Rami Malek in the villain role. That's two movies in a row, playing a guy with AIDS. Uh, I would totally ride his bicycle. <laughs> uh, so his face looks like he's been playing around with viruses, perhaps. Bioweapon involved here. Maybe stage four lab releasing a virus that strangles the economy. Hmm? 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 We think oh, that's a, Corona AIDS. That is exactly what George Lazenby's Bond is about on Her Majesty's Secret Service. It's about Ernest Blofeld releasing a virus that fucks the world's economy. He says it in the movie. Okay. <clears throat> I enjoy James Bond. There's people that, you know, don't care, but I like James Bond. And I think that Daniel Craig's been a good James Bond. It's been kind of uh, hit and miss with him in terms of like how great the Bond movies were, but I think that's kind of up against the expectations as well. I have faith that he will go out with a bang. Spectre, I don't think, was as good as Skyfall, so this one, I mean, Casino Royale was good. Quantum of Solace wasn't that good. Skyfall was good. Spectre wasn't that good. So now No Time to Die should be good, right? Good, bad, good, bad, good. Makes sense. Makes sense. Excited. Amanda? Um, I have liked Daniel Craig as Bond. I liked, um, I liked some of them. Like you said, Skyfall and Casino Royale were were better than the other ones. But I don't know. There's some. I, I think my biggest like, I'm excited. I'll just yeah, sure, it's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, Amanda, what? It is uh, two hours and forty three minutes long. Are you fucking kidding? I was literally going to say it's going to be half an hour too long. Apparently, I was <laughs> off by another 15 minutes. <laughs> it's an hour too long. Yeah. Bonds are always too long. Yeah, but lately... But, okay. But they're actually going to end this one. This is for sure. Like Spectre and even Skyfall too. People like love Skyfall. I'm pretty sure I, it took me like three viewings before I could stay awake through the whole thing. Yeah, it's too long. 
I rewatched Skyfall earlier today and it wasn't, it's too long. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to be really long, then you need to be punching me in the face constantly with action. (laughs) (laughs) Which is something you can do if you're really long. So, oh no, I'm back out. No. Approaching three hours for a fucking Bond movie? No. No. It's not going to be fast enough. It's not going to be furious enough. That is correct. (laughs) And I also hate the thing about the Daniel Craig ones that I don't like in particular is that I I feel like I have to have some sort of memory of what happened in the other ones. That's why I I don't want to remember anything. I just want to come in and watch a Bond movie and leave. Like they should be like independent mostly of each other. Yeah. Like, oh, you know who M is and (laughs) that's about it. Pretty sure that's 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 what they did with Roger Moore, I think. I don't I don't know that I'm not an expert on the Moore bonds, but I'm pretty sure that they didn't connect them the same way that they have connected the other bonds. And I don't know. Pierce Brosnan bonds had any connection whatsoever. Oh, that's probably true. Pierce Brosnan bonds were horrible. Yes, they're all they're all crap, but they're they're like bad. But at least I can just walk in and watch it and leave. That's what I want. You're like, all right, this is a this is the gold eye. This is the good one. Okay, this is the one with like the Chinese. uh, That's the one that I liked. That's the only one that I liked. What? The Chinese one, the newspaper. Tomorrow never dies. You like the yeah, a- tomorrow never dies. You like the Asians? I do. That is yeah. a that's considered in like the top three or top five, like amongst hardcore Bond fans, is Tomorrow Never Dies, which is which is interesting since yeah. Brosnan is universally the worst voted Bond usually. Oh no, 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 no! The universally worst Bond is Timothy Dalton. Uh that's blasphemy. <laughs> I, love, I love Timmy D, you and Timmy uh, D. I will not hear it. Okay. Well, Roger Moore would be my worst. He's awful. He has no sex appeal whatsoever. When he touches a woman, I cringe. That is not how you should feel about Bond. I feel like a lot of people with Bond either love Roger Moore or they love um, the other guy, Sean Connery. Slap him in the pussy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry? What? What did you what? say? That's, wow. Uh, that's a throwback for you, Nathan. Yeah, that is. Busher. Yeah. Busher. <laughs> um, but they hate the other one. Like the people that love Roger Moore hate Sean Connery. And the people that love Sean Connery hate Roger Moore. No, the that's people what that, I found. People that love Roger Moore have shitty taste in movies. Have you seen those movies? Their scripts are terrible. Roger I have like a PG-13 Bond. Connery is like the, yeah, fuck him and slap him Bond. Oh, I love it. Yeah, Connery's the best Bond by Lazenby far. Lazenby is kind of like weirdly the way the Bond should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the Lazenby Bond is so good. It's so Dalton good. Dalton is, is cocaine Bond, and Brockman <laughs> is like late 90s conservative Bond. And here we are with the most like gritty. Yeah, he's very gritty. And he's Craig, he's yeah. very like, he's weird because he's not good looking, but he's got, he's sexy. Like he's got a swagger to him, which is nice, but. Well, he looks good in a suit. Get out of here. <laughs> who 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 get out of here? Did you just say George? He just said two forty, get the fuck out of here. Oh yeah, two forty. Intern, what was your official uh <clears throat> Oh I can't wait for this. Um yeah. Well you're gonna have to. It comes out in the, November. <laughs> the one problem with all the Craig Bonds is that every villain is Scarface. Mm. Um like they're all fucked up in the face. Yeah. Uh, which is a thing that Nathan brought up a long time ago. They with are. uh villains always having scars on their faces and uh i rubbed that off when you said that before but it's interesting to me how many movies i watch where the bad guy has got a fucked up face 
It's easy. It's the visual like, identifier. Uh, anyway. Well, yeah. So the besides casino, that, casino Royale guy had blood coming out of his eyeball. Yeah. He cried blood. In in Die Another Day, he had diamonds in his face. <laughs> yeah. Blofeld uh, in the Connery Bonds, Blofeld had issues with his face, and Blofeld had issues with his face in Spectre as well. But in On Her Majesty's Secret Service, Blofeld does not, I don't think. So there's... And the villain in in uh, Intern's Favorite Bond, whose name is Carver. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know if he has any visual markings other than just... I don't think so. That was played by Jonathan Price. And yes, I hear you. Every time I see Carver in a movie, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'll come in here and I'll say... <clears throat> I'm just going to go ahead and say excited because I don't think I can truly throw up a worried, even though it is really long. Um I like Bond. My my relationship with Bond movies is really weird because I really respect the whole Bond franchise, but I'm I haven't seen many of them like solidly from beginning to end. I'm not a super fan, but I really enjoy listening to super fans talk about Bond. So it's a weird relationship to begin with. My issue with these Daniel Craig movies has been that I think they started off being like, we're going to make them gritty. We're going to make them real. They're going to connect to each other. It's going to be a huge fucking thing. People are going to love it. And I got through the end of Quantum of Solace and they were like, man, I wish they kind of kept these independent because <laughs> uh, this is going to be really tedious to throw this all together. And I feel like they just went ahead and had to close the project. You know, like we did it. We committed to it. We did it. We wish maybe we did some things differently, but now we're going to end it. I can respect that, so I want to see it for that. And it's going to have a, a bunch of action and some cool shit, and it'll be fun in one way or another. Um, the other problem is that I like when they're thematically identifiable in your head, each Bond movie. Like, I feel like each Bond movie has, like, a location, a color scheme, a this, a that, a vibe. The Craig movies, to me, are kind of washed together. Casino Royale seems to have that to me. It sticks out. It's got, like, a color in my head, which is sort of like a sexy blood orange color for some reason. I don't know why. The, all the other Bond movies, it's like, ugh, there's the Home Alone one, and then like I don't, could not identify anything in between there if you just showed me a random clip from these movies. And that's the, what this one looks like, too. It looks like just very beige blah, Bond. Mm. Oh, gets out of the motorcycle. Oh, here's him pulling a thing off of a car. Oh, here's some... This this looks like a city that could be in Europe. Uh, <laughs> you know? Like, it's just... Uh, uh, so, yeah. I'm excited, but uh, I'm, I'm very patient. <laughs> I hear you. I think for me, it's Dr. No, Goldfinger, uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, and Casino Royale. I think those are the ones. Some good choices. <clears throat> yeah, Dr. No, Casino Royale, Skyfall. I saw I saw a comment on uh, YouTube that was like, it's all a pun. He doesn't say, it, like the the title, No Time to Die. The bad guy, Rami Malek, is actually Dr. No. And it, he's not saying No Time to Die. He's saying, No, comma, Time to Die. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> All right, trailer number two stars Russell Crowe. This is the first. This movie was slated to release in September. They bumped it up to July first to be the first movie released post-pandemic. They are gambling that everybody is gonna be like, "I need to watch a fucking movie and get out of my house." I'm gonna go watch Unhinged. Unhinged. Here we go. Hello, man. Go 
over. You know what a courtesy tap is, young man? Sounds like this. It's light. It's friendly. Sure, that's what your mom meant to do. No, it's not. Mom! Having a kind of a hard time lately. I'm sorry. Accept my apology? Just ignore him. Well, if you could just do the same, we could press reset. I don't have anything to apologize for. Can you go, please? Are you okay? I'm pretty sure the guy in that truck's following me. He's road raging. Why don't you just chill, man? Go your own way. I don't think you really know what a bad day is. But you're gonna find out. That man stole my phone. Andy? I'm sitting here. I'm waiting for you. Uh, whose phone is this? I'm right across from your friend. Hey, listen to me. He's not a friend, okay? He's a psycho who came after me today. This is where your first lesson begins. Give me my phone. Put him back on this goddamn phone! No, I can't do that. What do you want? I need you to learn what a bad day really is. Sorry. And you're gonna learn through violence and retribution. Sounds like you're waking up. I'm wide awake. You better bring your A game. Because you're gonna need it. All right, Amanda, were you excited? If this is the first movie I see after Big Rona, I will kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of problems here. Number one, I'm pretty sure we just saw the whole goddamn movie. Oh, true trailers. That. Yeah, that's fair. It's too much. Also, the woman in the in the store, like early on in the trailer she's like are you okay man she's like i think this guy's following me and she's like he's road raging like that's a fucking term <laughs> like that's an identifiable thing pissed me off right off the bat also russell crowe jesus christ dude find a salad like i'm <laughs> i am not skinny but you have let yourself go like beyond recognition and what is this who is this for what is this for? This looks so bad. This is a movie. This is a real movie with a budget that came out. Is coming out in the theater. I, I'm, I can't. If Nicolas Cage was in it, oh yes, everybody yeah. would be on board. Cage was in it, and it came out on Netflix for free. Okay, yeah, I'll watch that movie. But I don't. I'm so I'm so confused right now. <laughs> let, let Let me come in after my wife here and say that I am really excited. <laughs> Yeah. 
Uh, first of all, it's got like a trigger term for a title, so unhinged. That's like a big like political trigger term. So like already, I'm like on board because this is gonna make people just freak out for no reason. Uh, two, yes, Fat Russell Crowe. Something about him really terrifies me. Like, I feel like I'd say him as a drunk would be almost like the sloppy bar version of John Wick, like just through sheer brute pounding, gorilla pounding Russell Crowe will pull off some like really vicious action scenes and i could tell in the bar <laughs> the way he handles her husband who was played by an actor that i love uh so there's already like a bunch of characters and actors going on here that i appreciate are being thrown in together and the fact that she is like just such a cunt from the beginning like just over the top unremorseful like yeah she probably wasn't the right but like there's a point where you engage with someone for that long where you're like okay buddy whatever sure fine we're on good terms get the fuck away from me we don't have anything to apologize for right you don't do that when there's like a scary man leaning out of his window saying I've had a really bad day. If we could just reset, <laughs> like, <laughs> Mom, this is why Dad left us. Oh, but yeah, this is, looks like a real big budget version of some shit that should have come out on the shelf at like Blockbuster, the straight to DVD stuff, and the fact that they're making it like a, th- a theater release to test the waters. Uh, that's hilarious to me just in and of itself and uh, I'm excited I I hope that it's really violent and over the top like I hope it's ridiculous I hope they don't try to make it uh, um, you know no no make it proper make it seem like it's real no no go go over the top and and it looks kind of like it's going to be that so I'm excited I'm going to jump in and say I'm also excited Um, I'm totally uh, the consensus from YouTube's comments and my feelings as well is I'm going to totally be cheering for Crow (laughs) in this movie I don't want her to get away. I want him to catch her and an uh, exact vengeance and liberate her child. Yes, to teach her through violence. Yeah. Question: <laughs> Is Russell Crowe's ex-wife's body in the back of the pickup? Oh, I hope so. Yes, but no, it's not. Hmm. It's his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez! Wow. Uh, question: Is Russell Crowe's character infected with something, possibly a virus? No. <laughs> That's kind of how it seemed like it was going to be at the beginning of the trailer. It had like a, a rage virus vibe to it. Don't you guys know he's just road raging? Oh, oh, wait, wait. We also forgot to mention that was a weirdly good and haunting usage of Nirvana. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was also a great uh, version of Heart J Box for Westworld, which is where that guy is from that got his head smashed into the table very aggressively, <laughs> which was quite enjoyable. Um, basically, I mean, way to set him off, Karen, right? God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. And she just, she didn't know who she was fucking with. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. Yeah. <laughs> Commander of the armies of the North, general of the Felix Legions. Loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius. Father to a murdered son. Husband to a murdered wife. And I will have my vengeance. In this life or the next. See, I play that because Russell Crowe has fucking intensity to him. Yeah, looks like he's let himself go. But the way he looks at her out of that window, it's like fucking frightening. He's got intensity. And that may carry this movie. Especially if it gets as violent as Daniel is hoping for. I don't I don't know. I don't trust that they'll actually go there. Because he obviously he's the bad guy, right? So he has to lose. Whatever. I'm excited to see if they deliver on this intensity. And I will. Go to the theater to watch them. And this will be a franchise that they immediately sell off to like the, the horror uh, side of things. Like two, two, three years from now, there will be an unhinged two 
totally unrelated to this movie, and then there'll yeah. be like six more of them. Yeah, it'll star Nicolas Cage. Yeah. What? No, he's gonna reprise his role, but he'll look like Marlon Brando. Be like, hey, any of you girls uh, want to see the future if I choke you out? He won't be able to leave the car once he gets inside. Uh, he'll go back to his farm in Australia. He'll do some work. He'll he'll lighten up. He'll get back into a big role. Russell Crowe's too too good to disappear the way that some uh, of these other guys. He's going to be in an Academy Award movie later on this year. There you go. Which yeah. one is that? Uh, the Kelly and the Gang one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dumb looks good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What do you what do you say uh, about this? In- unhinged. So Russell Crowe's face when he's looking at her. That uh, unhinged look, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror, that's usually what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, also, every time I'm on the road, I feel like this would be my typical response if I didn't drive a tiny little Mini Cooper that sounded like it's going to explode hmm. uh, every 50 kilometers, uh, which would be like 30 miles. Um, anyway, yeah, you're welcome. Um, I'm excited. This could be garbage and still be good. You know, it's just people need. You're going to go to the theater. uh, You're going to be forced to sit three seats away from somebody in all directions, Mm -hmm. uh, wear a mask while trying to eat popcorn, getting pissed off at people for making weird noises. This is the movie you're going to see. Then you're going to leave twice as angry as when you got there. And this is going to lead to a lot of vehicular, uh, homicide <laughs> on the way home and i'm i'm all for this From you know theater. yeah i want to i want to say that the only reason i would go to the theater is because i want to go to the theater not necessarily because it's unhinged but i think they're they're pushing this forward to july 1st banking that people are going to want to get out and go to a theater and i'm one of those people yeah it's a very small list yeah i'm the other person i will not wear a mask though so if they force me to wear a mask in a theater then i will not go to the theater you just like yeah. walk into unhinged by yourself, and you're like, "Oh, great!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would just walk in without the mask on, be like, "Fucking stop me! Call the police! Show me the public health order that says I have to take this mask off." <laughs> there isn't one. Then just wear, but wear a mask, but then just chew your popcorn through the front of the mask so it just falls like out of your mouth, <laughs> monster, just the whole time. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. And Daniel, you can just like poke a hole through it and put your cigarette through the mask. <laughs> You know, you just gotta do the Ben the Ben Affleck one. You know? Yeah. Just lift it so it covers your nose. Yeah. Smoke your cigarette. Yeah. That's the more important part. The Fulcrum tonight originally was supposed to come out in May of twenty twenty, but they've pushed it like pussies quite far away into the future, but who cares? Because we're coming back with a bang. This is spiral. <laughs> Viral. Here we go. What do you got there? Oh, it's just my wife, Emma. This is my son, Charlie. Enjoy it while it lasts. While it lasts? Nothing happier than the wife of a new detective. Emma's cool, man. She's different. You don't know my wife. You give a woman 600 Tuesdays. It ain't worth three Saturday nights. How much money you got? A lot. How many problems you got? A lot. How many people have doubted you? All available units, officer down. Detective Banks and route. 
whoever did this has another motive. They're targeting cops. This shit's gonna go sideways fast. Someone's out there pulling all the strings. You wanna play games, motherfucker? All right, Daniel, you worried or excited about Spiral? Spiral. I'll say it right now. I'm excited. To me, the Saw universe or um, Cinesphere, uh, to me, can technically go on forever. And I don't see why it shouldn't, even if it takes long lulls and dips into, like, who gives a fuck, low budget, hand it off to the newest director territory. I don't care. I feel like this should always be sort of pulled along on the on the line and have opportunities to kind of be big budget and, and stuff like this one is and i appreciate that they do from the book of saw because they pretty much just said we're just opening it up you know we did seven or eight of them that were weirdly cohesively tied together and now we just want to do different stories and why not there's always a new segment of some sort of society that can be punished for something so it always fits there's always a new way to kill somebody so I appreciate that. And you got a couple of big, you got Chris Rock in here, Samuel Jackson's in here. Um, it's curious to see uh, what sort of messaging will come across in this. But I think any sort of like death trap mystery maze uh, kind of shit that crops up in it will be fun. It looks like there's a little nod back to the first movie as well with Rock being chained up. I appreciate that. We'll see how much they focus on it. Um, it should be fun. And Saw has one of like, the greatest like theme songs. Like it's both fits really well on the horror side and on the action side of things with it's like sort of pulsing take. And I, I've always liked that as well. Um, yeah. Excited, not over the top, but I definitely excited. I have a weird respect for this, for the saw movies. Amanda, are you in agreement with your husband? Yes, I am actually. I, I think it looks really good. Um, I like Chris rock a lot. I think it's interesting that he's chosen to get into this. Um, and it looks gritty and serious and I, I have high hopes for it. I'm very optimistic. That's a good point. Chris Rock is not only starring in this, he is the executive producer. He seems to be the man that is making this movie happen. Almost as if he's banking on this franchise spinoff being quite successful and him being uh, financially beneficial from it. Yeah. Yeah, he's spearheading it, and it's probably turned out that he's the main villain in this movie. <laughs> in turn, what do you say about this spiral business? Okay, so on Letterboxd, every every year, uh, it lets me know who which actor I've seen the most films of. And in my lifetime of logging films with Letterboxd, which is like four and a half years now, Sam Jackson is high on this list. <laughs> Well, he's been in everything. Yeah, it's prolific. I'm really trying to get some other people like Tilda Swinton and Edward Norton to be at like the top of my list. And they're never going to get there because he's in every fucking movie. It's true. 
So you're not going to watch this out of spite. I'm so sick of him being in everything. <laughs> I will say, I did enjoy him in The Hitman's Bodyguard. Um, no. Great great performance in Kong Skull Island as well. Wait, did you say, yeah. like, you can just watch it and not document it on Letterboxd? Mm-hmm. No, I can't do that. <laughs> also, it's just a flaw in the way that Letterboxd is, because it should be based on percentage, right? Like, you've seen 100% of Tilda Swinton's movies. You've seen right? 5%. Of Sam Jackson. Yeah, I will submit out. this feedback. This is great information. Thank Amanda. you, Amanda. Letterbox is bullshit. It'd probably be easy for them to do that too. Yeah. Uh, saying that, Chris Rock does look uh, like he's really bringing his A game here. Hmm. I'm very interested. This is a long way from his uh, straight out of the low cash days. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. This looks like it's going to be uh, actually pretty good. I only saw the first uh, Saw movie and then like number six or something. Hmm. So I don't really have an attachment to the series, which might be even better for me. Hmm. Possibly, yeah. Because it could be like a jumping on point. Uh, so I'm excited, I guess. Okay. Um, Chris Rock's character's name is Zeke. Ezekiel. Ezekiel Banks and his rookie partner take charge of a grisly investigation into murders that are eerily reminiscent of the city's gruesome past. Can I just say that Rock's serious face is very pouty? Yeah. Or that his name is like a an, an honor nod to his co-star? <laughs> How so? Ezekiel? Isn't that, what he, isn't that the name of uh, Jackson's name? In, or, is that, or no, he quotes That's Ezekiel. Pulp Fiction? Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He quotes Ezekiel something, something, something. Uh, I just want to point out that this is a violation of horror franchise reboot spinoff rules. Uh, unless this movie goes to space or hell, then we have a clear violation here. <laughs> well, it, well it's, that would be if it was like, that's actually the fault of, of movie number four or five. That should have gone to space. You're right. <laughs> you oh, so Saw right. violated this rule early on. We're past that. This yeah, movie's clear of any guilt. <laughs> Yeah, it is like truly anthologized itself now. So it's like a it's a whole new resets almost. Uh, <laughs> horror movies are fun. But my cousin, Daniel, has taught me to understand and embrace and enjoy horror movies. I'm watching this trailer. I'm like, his, his partner is like, this is my wife, Emma, dead. This is my son, Charlie, dead. All of them. Partner two. They're all going. This is going to be sad and tragic for that family. Yeah. Uh, I I'm interested where this goes. I wasn't a huge Saw guy. I enjoyed the first Saw, and I think after that I got really into the gore. I really started to try to amp up the gore. I think this might be pulling it back into more story. So I'm more interested if it's going to be a nice balance instead of like a hey let's gross you fucking out the whole time. So excited for it to have a bit more of a new direction and story behind it. Excited. Mm. Mm. I was right though, wasn't I? Saw two, three. They're all just like gore fest. Is that right? Torture porns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. It gets. Uh, that's why I stopped watching but, it too. But not really, not in the same way that like Hostel and stuff are like those. That's true, like torture porn, where it's just like I'm gonna cut her tits off and you're gonna watch every second of it. Is, this was more like, oh my god, it's this Rube Goldberg machine is gonna murder you. <laughs> all right, cool. Just want to make sure I wasn't being like way off. Uh, our totter tonight. Uh, stars Pete Davidson and it is called The King of Staten Island and it is coming out on video on demand on June 10th. It was pulled from its theatrical release. So this is the uh, movie that will come out most soonest 
uh, of the lineup tonight as a terrible user. Coming out most soonest. <laughs> King of Staten Island. Here we go. I like your tattoos. What are those numbers on your arm? Oh, that's uh, the date my dad died. He was a fireman. Died in a fire 17 years ago. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Don't be. It's fine. Knock, knock. Who's there? Not your dad. You can't focus on Scott anymore, honey. He's 24 years old, Marjorie. Let that fucking bird fly, please. Don't worry, Mom. I know your daughter got smart and went to college and abandoned us. But I'm still here. I'm going to be here forever. Yeah. I want to become a real tattoo artist. Your work is mad and consistent. Obama ain't right. Oh, I love your tattoos. This is my favorite. I've been dating someone for a little while now. The first guy you date in 17 years is a fireman just like that? You don't think that's weird? You're going to have to pull your weight a little more around here. Maybe help Ray get his kids to school. Kelly, do you know him? He's a new friend. You okay? You know, you could tell me. I'm okay. Oh, I trained her in the car. She's not going to break. You ever think about putting on the jacket? Why would you even ask me that? It's wrong with being a fireman. It's fine if you don't have kids, because you don't know if you're going to come home or not, and then your kids are fucked up. You make everyone around you feel crazy. People are normal, then they hang out with you, and then they're fucking Jack Nicholson in The Shining or something. I gotta tell my mom you tried to drown me. To the above ground pool, you're like fucking eight feet tall. Now, let me tell you something. Your dad was a hero. And heroes are necessary. And they should be allowed to have families. You gotta get your shit together. Time is passing by very quickly. Why do you think I smoke weed all the time? So I can slow it down. Everybody's always disappointed in me, and I never live up to anybody's expectations. Hey, thanks for listening to all this. You're one of the few people who treat me, you know, like a person. You're welcome. Intern, worried or excited? Uh, I really don't want to be. I really don't want to be. But this looks like a good time. <laughs> and, and I'm ready to have a good time. Uh, every single person in this uh, is awesome. Like every character is great character. And I'm a big fan of the dead dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I laughed at most things. Those Both those tattoos were fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that asshole. <laughs> uh, yeah. Him talking to the kid, saying that he trained her in the car on the way over. Also hilarious. Just everything was funny. This was really funny. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I'm ready to sit down on the couch and uh, laugh along. Uh, I'll, I'll pay to rent it, to watch it on TV. Yeah, and I'll I'll follow up on your uh, <laughs> reluctant, uh, excited, because uh, I think I'm in the exact same boat. 
weirdly, our reviews of this trailer are very similar. I uh, <clears throat> I laugh at a lot of it. I usually don't go for a feel good movie like this with a bunch of you know comedy like dramedy sort of stuff, but it seemed like there was enough memorable scenes in this to sort of carry you through at a, at a, at a quick pace, even if it is even if it does run a little bit long. And it's the, the reason I wanted to bookend or, or follow up on your uh, commentary was that. I think the video on demand release is right. If this went to theaters, I would not be in any rush to go see it, even though it looks very good. But because it's on video on demand, I feel like I'm going to see it relatively soon just because of that. So kudos to them. I'll give it an excited. I will step in and I will say that Pete Davidson, there's something about him that I'm interested in. He was kind of pushed to the side by SNL. He appears to be respected by the comic community. He's getting a leg up here from Judd Apatow, and he dates multiple famous hot women, very confusingly, like Ariana Grande and Kate Beckinsale. What? I mean, you're Pete Davidson. What are you doing with Ariana Grande and Kate Beckinsale? What business do you have being in their life? If you... What's that? Amanda, sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Nothing. Go ahead. (laughs) No, what did you say? But those women are very different. Like, oh yeah, totally. Also, they're like Kate Beckinsale is like fifteen years older than her, right? It's just odd. All of the elements together are odd, and I'm. It makes me interested in who Pete Davidson is. And when he did do segments on Weekend Update, I found him to be amusing. That his little uh, soliloquies he did on the Weekend Update were actually quite funny. He falls in a similar like camp as Sandberg to me. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he did a lot of those digital shorts on SNL. He wasn't. Yeah, but that was the best part of SNL. He, when was, that was, he was a bit happening. more. Sandberg was a bit more mainstream on SNL. He he seems to be a bit more of the everyman with it. Yeah. But uh, and here we have what appears to be possibly Bill Burr's biggest role that he's ever had, and it fits him with that ridiculous mustache. Yeah. <laughs> Looks great. Um, and just yeah, uh, I'm I'm with intern on on when he was laughing. I laughed at a lot of parts throughout the trailer. I will yeah. raise a, raise a flag though that Judd Apatow has um, a problem with his comedies being too long. Yeah, he's got a fourth act syndrome. Yeah, yeah knocked up. It's like, oh, fuck. Are we still going? When when did the two-hour mark happen? So this movie's two hours and 16 minutes. So this is true to form, way longer than it needs to be, in my opinion. But I am excited. I, like, I love Bill Burr. I know he's a, a divisive individual that some people don't like and like, and I, I love him. And I, I'm interested in Pete Davidson and laughed a lot of the parts in the trailer. I, I am. I'm actually kind of jacked. But, yeah, I don't know if I'll go to the theater, but definitely going to pay money to watch it on demand for sure because this trailer's a lot of fun. Excited. You know, Pete Davidson can probably do what so few men can do, which is give your lady an orgasm while she's laughing at you. Right. Took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. Yeah, his, 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 his comedic nature is probably very magnetic personality it's like dave Chappelle, right like he's he's nothing to look at especially if you go back in time and look at him when he's younger he's very awkward looking weird but something about their personalities when they're actually really funny people is very magnetic i remember running into a guy like that back in my life when i was going to school to be an actor there was this guy that he was he, he was actually going to open mics every weekend trying to be a stand-up comedian and there's something about his personality something about his aloof quirky eccentricness that just anything he did the way he behaved was funny. But and how was his dick? Like, could he make a girl come? Huge, while laughing at him? huge. Was Above it a one, two, three, or no. was it <laughs> one, two, three, four? Keep going. 
Yeah. Big time. Big time. We are talking uh, non-intern arena. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. He's <laughs> got that one, right. too. <laughs> I'm rambling. Amanda, please finish this. Uh, I think it looks cute. Um, I'll probably rent it and watch it because I've got nothing else to do. Um, but it is Apatow, and it's going to have a lull that lasts way too long and is uncomfortably depressing. And that's why you won't ever want to watch it again. Excited? Yeah, he likes to go, <laughs> oh, 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 look, here we're overcoming our our protagonist's you know, problem. We're overcoming it. It's coming to the climax. We're, we're going to have our like nice big blowout happy ending. It's, it's a comedy, and we do that. He likes to throw a failure in right there. Like, oh, oops, extra failure. And we have to come back from that. And that's what creates that fourth act. And that's, 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 all, that's why I hate Apatow sometimes. But, oh, well. Sorry, what did the buzzer? Uh, no, no, never, never mind. Yeah. Screw buzzer you me. on. <laughs> buzzer me. <yeah. laughs> All right, trailer five. Uh, the five hole is Tenet. This is the other big release that's uh, well, the only big release that's slated to still come out this summer in July. I imagine Unhinged, the success of Unhinged, may have an impact on whether Tenet actually comes out in July or not but currently still slated to do so. It is from Christopher Nolan, so if you hear any uh, strange noises, it's probably the intern coming. <laughs> it already happened. Got <laughs> that out of the way. Which also, I'm ready. I'm ready for the second coming. This movie's all about the perception and interpretation of time as a concept. So, I mean, basically, we could call this a headliner, right? <laughs> See what you did there. Wow. You could have called the last one a headliner because huh? it came out first. Ten- we could call all of them. A headliner, because oh. all you need is one word, and that word is tenant. Tenant, here we go. We all believe we've run into the burning building. But until we feel that heat, we can never know. You do. You chose to die instead of giving up your colleagues. That test you passed? Not everybody does. Welcome to the afterlife. To do what I do, I need some idea of the threat we face. As I understand it, we're trying to prevent World War Three. Nuclear Holocaust. No. Something worse. for you is a word. Tell it. It'll open the right doors. Some of the wrong ones, too. You have to start looking at the world in a new way. 
and try to understand it. Feel it. Hasn't happened yet. Nathan, back to the top. Worried or excited about Tenet? I am having serious hesitations about this movie. First of all, I would like to point out that Denzel and his son both say nuclear holocaust the same way. Nuclear holocaust. Holocaust. It's <laughs> interesting. I recently watched Crimson Tide and his son is nowhere near him. He is Denzel is awesome and John David Washington is not Denzel, all right? I have done a I went on a big diatribe about Black Klansman because I thought that the movie was absolutely awful. And John David Washington was the uh, was the main character in Black Klansman, and and that didn't do anything for me. So he's still on the, I I don't I don't trust him. He was okay in Ballers, but that's who he is. He's a former failed professional athlete that's now an actor. So it's not a stretch. He's not Denzel, and he's uh, he's got to prove himself to me. So I'm I'm actually worried about Tennant. <laughs> I love Man. I love time travel movies. I love them, and Nolan brings a lot of clout. But this movie. I don't know if there isn't enough understandable, like scientific logic behind the concepts here, then I'm totally out. Because if they ask me not to care about how this perception of time manipulation is taking place, then it'll be a huge disappointment to me. Inception and Interstellar both were Nolan movies and both provided enough information to satisfy, I think. But Interstellar's like quantum bookshelf crap was kind of in the same arena as a Matrix Revolutions, where it kind of involves a lot of like shrugs and confused like begrudging acceptance of like I I was really excited about this because of who it is and what it's about but uh, like I, I it didn't really blow my mind the way I wanted it to so I don't know I'm kind of like blow my mind Nolan and prove me wrong John David Ward <laughs> nice Amanda I think it looks fine I'm excited <laughs> <laughs> that's essentially what Nathan said except he ended up worried. Like, it looks fine. I'm worried. I like Robert Pattinson. Yeah. No, Pattinson's... Yeah. No, that's... I didn't mention that, but yeah. I think it is a tough one because it sort of has the same solid but forgettable vibe that, like, Born Identity has, where it's like, oh, there's probably going to be some good action, maybe some good choreography, and, like, it'll probably be a little bit smarter than your average action movie. But then I don't know where to go from there because I really want it to be... I'm cool with it being a sci-fi born identity movie if it like really goes into it and they all think it's going to be a, a nuclear holocaust, but they imply that it's something worse. And that's when all the weird time backward time glitches and stuff are happening. So I understand that like needing some explanation or to have that all fleshed out for it to be worth it. But I kind of want to give it the benefit of the doubt because I feel like Nolan's up for like a solid success or like an under the radar success because Interstellar and Inception were so conceptually like rational almost. So, man, I hope it's worth it excited. Intern? I am of the opinion that Nolan watched Edge of Tomorrow or Live, Die, Repeat, and then 
he was watching Inception was like, you know what? I want to make this movie, these two movies into one movie with something worse than nuclear holocaust. <laughs> Sorry, and, just, uh, one, one, just wait a minute. There you go. Holocaust. Um, <laughs> and that's what's going to happen. The thing with Christopher Nolan is that he doesn't write uh, gripping dialogue or well-developed characters, but his movies are very visually pleasing, enough so that I could I could watch almost any one of his movies with no audio and still enjoy it. Um, like and every then, single one of his movies. Upload your experience to Letterbox. All of them, from yeah. the following to Dunkirk, mm. I like them all. Do you remember, Daniel, do you remember renting and watching the following when you lived in Canada? I do. Yeah. yeah. That was the very first Nolan experience. That was his very first full length movie. Yeah. I just it's I just remember it very rarely with a director do you remember the specific moment that you watched their initial entry into the world of film. I remember thinking, Oh, I don't need to go back and see every director's first movie. But <laughs> it it also it wasn't bad or anything. I still remember being like whatever we had just watched was like, wow. And then the, then I went to back to watch his earlier work and it's obviously much more subdued. And I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. That's uh yeah, that's fine. Most people's first movies aren't, you know, Sam Mendes pie. No, I get it. Yeah. It's, it's very few people that make a, a great movie their first go around. Um, and by few people, you could probably name them on one hand. I don't know. Sounds like maybe an there's more. Excited. I am excited. Hmm. I'm yeah. I can't wait to see whatever he's gonna do. Honestly, I could say blow my mind. Nolan improved me wrong. John David excited too. I don't. Yeah. I mean, Nolan's cool, but it's coin toss. Yeah. JDW is a problem for me. he's he's got the trifecta though. He's black. He's a smoke show and nepotism. Should <laughs> 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 point out that you love Denzel. I love Denzel. Love him. He's you got to so try not to compare him to his awesome. father. It's I tough. think that's the first problem. Or you carry on too long. You're just like, I don't think anybody deserved a fucking Oscar. <laughs> well, his his performance in Klansman could have been delivered by a lamp. It was so <laughs> static. It was so pointless. That movie's fucking awful. That's why I'm hoping he doesn't have to do much in this one. Yeah. No, Nolan could dress Oh, he's going to do a lot more in this one. But I think Amanda pointed out Pattinson, right? Like, Pattinson could carry him. if As long as Pattinson, like, is with him a lot and and in the, a lot of the scenes with him, then it might be all right. I just don't think he's an actor. I've decided like, he's done nothing. Like I've seen ballers and ballers and Klansmen, and he doesn't have an emotional reaction. He's just well, he, he hasn't proven himself at all. So his next uh, movie title after this one, you should look at the name of that. Well, maybe I will. Maybe you should go back and watch Crimson Tide. Get yourself immersed his... in some Denzel. Denzel versus Gene. Great fucking. Movie. He's the lead actor in a movie Deja that's vu. called Born to be Murdered. It's virtuosity, deja vu. <laughs> okay. Shush, shush, shush. <laughs> Let's not bring it. Hey, but virtuosity? Bone Collector. That's, um, a ju- that's a, it's not, it's not bad. It's just hokey. Yeah, Bone Collector where he's a quadriplegic. Uh, yeah. Denzel's great. Fucking- yeah, he brings it like Tom Cruise brings it. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. But... Crimson Tide, so underrated. People, everybody should just go back and watch Crimson Tide. It's fucking awesome. Him and Gene just go at it. Wonderful. Yeah, 
him and Gene going at it, it's uh, all Tarantino's lines. Hey, just just fucking each other, <laughs> just just getting it on, just word fucking. Oh yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, you have just been witness to the possibly the greatest lineup that we've ever experienced here on Trailer Park Podcast. Big possibly that was definitely on episode one, two, three. As previously stated earlier tonight, we will be uh, referring to all future episodes as uh, not 100 and, but just straight up, just 1, 2, 3, 1, 2, 4, 1, 2, 5. Uh, that's what you get. Forgive me, Sass. Stay tuned. Singular digits only. <laughs> I thought it was going to be 1, 2, 3, 4 next, and then 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Yeah. Why would it be 1, 2, 3, 5? On forever until it's like, takes three and a half minutes to say it. Oh, like we are exhibiting... <laughs> The uh, time perception of Tenet, and we're just going to jump around to random fucking episodes. Yeah, the, the next number will be one, two, like three, four. Two, one, four. And then one, seven, three. Like just randomly. That would be actually pretty funny, but it would confuse people. It would. Yeah, just like Tenet might confuse people. Like when they say, uh, you don't need to understand it, you just have to feel it. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't need to, under- you don't need to feel it, you need to understand it, and you better tell me, otherwise we're done. Feelings. Nothing more than feelings. Does anyone have anything else before I end this shit? Color out of space. Preach. Preach. Coming soon. Look for it. Mm.